Hi, my name is Sheila. Welcome. In this video, we're going to be talking about, oh, the recent complaint that was filed against Jeff Bezos, one of his employees, someone who worked for him, I believe at his house, but let me stop guessing and let's jump into the lawsuit. It's about 16 pages and it's a complaint for damages. This is a case that was filed in King County Superior Court. November 1st, 2022. So this case is only a couple of days old. It is a complaint for damages, as I was stating. It's against Jeffrey Preston Bezos, an individual, Zframe LLC, and Northwestern LLC, a Washington limited liability company. They are all listed as the defendants. Nature of the action. Now, I don't know how to pronounce plaintiff's name, so I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to call her Mrs. M or Ms. W. By and through her attorneys, request damages, statutory damages, punitive dam damages, reasonable attorney's fees and costs, in addition to other relief for the unlawful conduct of her employers, which were the defendants I previously listed. Okay, 1.2. I did not realize this was coming. This is a first read, so I am getting this just as you're getting this. 1.2, employers discriminated against plaintiff because of her race, forced plaintiff to work long hours without rest or meal breaks, exposed plaintiff to unsafe and unsanitary work conditions, retaliated against and wrongfully terminated plaintiff's employment in violation of the Washington Law Against Discrimination, Washington Wage and Hour Laws, Washington Occupational Health and Safety Laws, and other Washington Employee Protection Laws. Let's jump into the facts. Plaintiff has worked as a housekeeper for wealthy, high-profile families for 18 years. During this time, Plaintiff was an exceptional employee who never had any performance issues. In many of the previous positions Plaintiff has held, she functioned as lead housekeeper and had supervisory responsibilities. Okay, 18 years is a long time. So it looks like, you know, she really knows her job, knows what she's doing. She's worked for wealthy, high-profile families. 4.2, in, in September 2019, plaintiff applied for a lead housekeeper position through estatejobs.com. So this was 2019. After completing her application and providing references, plaintiff was interviewed by Leanne Pardo at the Queen Bee Cafe in Clyde Hill. At first, Ms. Pardo questioned plaintiff about her previous employment, then asked if she was able to work around a family without being seen. She replied yes in the affirmative. The following day, um, Ms. Pardo emailed plaintiff and said, it was nice chatting with you last night about the job opening for which you interviewed. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to clear up confusion and better articulate the role. I've attached a job description for your review. Can you take a look at it today and let Rona and me know if you were still interested. Thank you again and for your patience. Attached was a document entitled Household Coordinator Job Description. And then they provided the email addresses. 4.3, plaintiff accepted the, accepted the position and, and later on September 11th, hmm, received an email from Rona that had five documents attached. It was the FCRA disclosure, FCRA authorization, a credit release, a BGI application, and a Washington DMV release. These authorizations and releases permitted plaintiffs' new employers to obtain plaintiffs' private and confidential information. And um, yeah, they just had contact information. All right, let's move into paragraph 4.4. We're just laying out the facts here, giving the background so that we all know 
what was going on when she got hired and for what job. As house coordinator plaintiff reported to the house manager, Leanne Pardo, so that was the person that she had interviewed with, the same Leanne Pardo who interviewed plaintiff and was part of the Zephram hiring team. Plaintiff was the only employee with a housekeeper role. In early 2020, Plaintiff was occasionally assisted by contractors whom she supervised. A year or so after starting, another housekeeper was added. By late 2021, Plaintiff, as lead housekeeper, supervised a team of five or six, five to six housekeepers. Next paragraph, Plaintiff believed that she was employed by Jeff Bezos. Plaintiff's understanding and that, many, and that of many of her coworkers was that he hired people to work for him through the LLC. Plaintiff mainly worked at his home or primary residence. However, she also occasionally worked at other residences owned by him. The housekeeping team were all Hispanic, except for one who was Caucasian, did not join until late 2020. There was no break room for the housekeepers. Even though plaintiff worked 10, 12, and sometimes 40 hours a day, there was no designated area for her to sit down and rest. Plaintiff and other housekeepers would try and eat some food in the upstairs laundry room, which was very small, only about 10 by six, and without seats or appliances like a microwave or a fridge. No information from the Department of Labor and Industries informing employees of their employee rights was posted anywhere in the workplace. You're all familiar with going into your employer's break room and seeing the postings on the wall, OSHA, wage and hour, all of those rules, all of the regulations that employers are required to share with you so that you can have a better understanding of your rights. Well, that's what they're saying is missing here. 4.7, there was no reasonably accessible bathroom for the housekeepers. Okay, I'm not sure how that even worked. Next to the upstairs laundry room, there was a small security room. It had multiple security monitors and usually two security personnel present. For a short time, plaintiff would get permission from the security staff to use a small toilet in the security room. This soon stopped because it was decided that housekeepers using the bathroom was a breach of security protocol. I am not even sure what to say to that. So to go to the bathroom is a security issue at your employer's pace of, uh, at your place of business where you work. I, I don't even know what to say. The upstairs laundry room had only had one door and it accessed the house where the Bezos family lived. When the Bezos family was home, the housekeepers were not permitted to access the home unless to perform a cleaning assignment. For about 18 months, in order to use a bathroom, plaintiff and other housekeepers were forced to climb out the laundry room window to the outside, then run along the path to the mechanical room, through the mechanical room and downstairs to a bathroom. This toilet was used by both men and women. For example, ground staff used it too. All of a sudden, um, having that image from where the hell have you been everywhere i look you're not where i need you to be it's not my imagination now where the hell do you go every day to the bathroom sir to the bathroom to the damn bathroom there's no bathroom for me here i have to walk to timbuktu just to relieve myself that whole scene where taraji p henson is performing in hidden figures that whole scene is coming back to me because i cannot imagine being forced to climb out of the window to go to the bathroom in 2022. 
4.9, because there was no readily accessible bathroom, plaintiff and other housekeepers spend large parts of their day unable to use the toilet even though they needed to. As a result of this, the housekeepers frequently develop urinary tract infections, UTIs. Plaintiff and other housekeepers related the frequency of UTIs with not being able to use the toilet when they needed to. Can you imagine? I just can't even imagine at this point. I did not expect this to be in this complaint. When plaintiff was hired as household coordinator, lead housekeeper, she was provided a work computer to help her perform her duties. Plaintiff used the computer to create spreadsheets for keeping track of inventory and maintaining schedules. Plaintiff also stored employee identification documents, such as employee driver's license. Plaintiff also used the computer for company email. Through the entirety of her employment with defendants, plaintiff's work email account was, all staff email accounts, including management were, okay, all of this is listed there. It is apparent that Jeff Bezos hired staff to work so Solely for him at his home and his other properties through defendants LLC. So through these LLCs, she's making um, the relationship apparent there. According to the Washington Secretary of State, the LLC, um, Zephram and Northwestern are essentially one and the same. Plaintiff considered herself an employee of Bezos, as did the other housekeepers. Sometimes when Bezos' family was home, plaintiff interacted with them as her employer. Plaintiff followed orders and directives from Jeff Bezos and his girlfriend. During her first 18 months, when plaintiff was the only employee, shockingly, she did not get legally required rest breaks nor meal periods or lunch breaks. Plaintiff worked 10, 12, sometimes 14 hours a day without legally required breaks. No one ever told plaintiff she was entitled to breaks and no one ever told her to take a break. Plaintiff did not know she was legally entitled to rest, entitled to rest and lunch breaks. Once additional housekeepers were hired and plaintiff had permanent help, if the Bezos family was not in residence, the housekeeping team were allowed to have a lunch break, but no rest breaks. If the family was in residence, the housekeeping team did not get break, rest breaks or lunch slash meal breaks. Plaintiff would try and eat while she worked, while she worked. And sometimes the chef would give the housekeepers food, food while they were working, sometimes. By contrast, when plaintiff worked uh, for the late Paul Allen, there was a separate staff quarters where employees enjoyed rest, rest breaks and lunch periods. There were also readily accessible bathrooms for the staff to use. Mr. Allen even provided food for the housekeepers and the employees. Can you imagine switching and at one time working in an environment where, you know, you had all of these things and now you go work here and you're thinking, you know, well, this is a, a person of substantial wealth. Surely all of these things are in order and, and there is someone overseeing this. Like, isn't there some sort of staff person who's overseeing this and making sure all of these things are properly done? Paragraph 4.15, during her almost three years working for the defendants, each of the three house managers plaintiff reported to was Caucasian. Leanne Pardo was plaintiff's first manager for most of the seven to eight months. Plaintiff reported to Ms. Pardo. Plaintiff was the only housekeeper. Plaintiff usually worked 10 to 12 hours a day without rest breaks or lunch breaks. So Ms. Pardo, you realize that, you know, your name's now in here. And so it's sort of like, did you know, was she reporting to you? Did you know that she was not taking rest breaks and that she had no place to go to the restroom and what she had to do to go to the restroom? 4.16, when Ms. Pardo left her position, Christopher Hughes was promoted to house manager. 
and Jessica Z became assistant house manager. Hughes and Z treated plaintiff and later the other Hispanic housekeepers who were hired differently from Caucasian employees. They were demeaning and disrespectful. They mocked and ridiculed plaintiff. They did not, however, they did not treat the only white housekeeper in such ways. Similarly, they were respectful and polite to the Caucasian grounds staff and maintenance staff. Um, one of them also became aggressive and abusive, even threatening when communicating with plaintiff. Plaintiff complained to Hughes about the person's um, abusive behavior, and he said he would speak to her, but nothing changed. The only reason I'm not really saying some of these names here is because I don't want to mispronounce them. 4.17, plaintiff found out that an under, undocumented worker was hired. Plaintiff did not want to be involved in the defendant's use of an undocumented worker and was very apprehensive about the prospect of supervising an undocumented worker. Plaintiff complained to Hughes about her legitimate concerns. Initially, Hughes did nothing to remedy defendant's illegal actions, although this person was eventually let go. Plaintiff also expressed concerns to management about a company that was providing some housekeeper help, providing many undocumented contract personnel. Um, plaintiff heard a state, the estate manager also expressed concern about um, this company providing undocumented people to work at the Bezos residence. Plaintiff constantly complained to the house managers about not getting rest breaks and meal periods and also about unsafe and unhealthy work conditions. Okay, so at this point, you have actually provided, you know, so it's not like constructive knowledge where they think some things might be going on. You have now told them. They now have actual knowledge. But you making a complaint, you know, it's a little different. It's also helpful. I tell people, make these complaints in writing. A lot of times people don't want to do that because they, it jeopardizes their job. They think they're going to be fired. And is, this is a rightful concern. There are remedies in place for that, but it's sort of like, okay, well, now I've got to go complain to the EEOC or now I've got to file a lawsuit against you for wrongful termination because it's now retaliation that you're engaging in. People need to get their paycheck. They need to get their job. And so a lot of times people don't want to speak up because they almost can't. At times, five to six housekeepers were working long hours and unable to take rest breaks. Sometimes plaintiff and other housekeepers crammed into the laundry room for a couple of minutes to stand, which plaintiff found inhumane and unbearable. Like how many people are going to stand around in the laundry room? It's 10 by six. At this point, you have what, five or six people you said? Many times plaintiff was assured by Hughes that these conditions would be remedied, but they never were. Instead, defendants retaliated against plaintiff. Defendants leveled false accusations, false allegations of poor performance against plaintiff and required her to review some coaching videos. Plaintiff was demoted from her supervisory role and this one of the other people took over leading the housekeeping team. It says um, plaintiff went above Hughes, so she now complained to the property manager that she was being retaliated against because she complained about no breaks, unsafe work conditions, and about undocumented workers. This person assured plaintiff that she was still the lead housekeeper and that she would speak to the other managers about the retaliation. This person, however, did not give any assurances about changing plaintiff's work conditions. 4.20, as the discrimination and retaliation grew worse, Plaintiff requested a meeting with HR manager and I guess all of these other people too. At this meeting, plaintiff complained about the discriminatory treatment she was enduring, especially at the hands of 
this person. Plaintiff described how this person treated her and other Hispanic housekeepers differently from other personnel and how this person had undermined and taken over plaintiff's lead housekeeper role. Plaintiff told um, this person about how she was being excluded from meetings, assigning plaintiff's projects to other lower level younger employees and about withholding critical information from plaintiff that she needed to do her job, thereby causing unnecessary issues. After the meeting, the discrimination and retaliation worsened. Okay, so every time she reports, this is why people don't want to report because the retaliation gets worse. It says um, that that was when the other person installed the only white housekeeper as the new lead housekeeper. And this person then began to harass plaintiff um, and although plaintiff complained, again, nothing was done. So she's just sort of laying this out. Look, I'm complaining. I'm either getting retaliated against or nothing is happening at all. It says plaintiff was an excellent employee and the ultimate professional. And it sounds like it, you know, granted, this is plaintiff's version of things, right? But it sounds like it from what she's laying out. She's like, I'm telling you, we don't get rest breaks. We have no place to go to the bathroom. Here's how I'm being treated and nothing, nothing changes, it sounds like. Plaintiff was an excellent employee and the ultimate professional. Plaintiff was never disciplined regarding her job performance. So in retaliation for complaining about discrimination, retaliation, violation of wage and hour laws, violations of workplace, health and safety laws, and laws against hiring undocumented workers, management terminated plaintiff's employment. Defendants cited the ridiculously concocted reason that she appeared unhappy and that this was having a negative effect on the housekeeping team. Plaintiff's termination letter um, said Northwestern LLC at the top was signed by one of the other staff members. So they gave her a letter, I guess, that said she was unhappy and so we're going to let you go because you're unhappy. Not we're breaking the law and that's why you're unhappy. Causes of action here. We've got some causes of action listed here. First cause of action, race discrimination and violation of Washington law against discrimination. All right, let's see. It says defendants violated this law by treating plaintiff differently than Caucasian employees and by terminating plaintiff's employment because of her race. The illegal acts committed by defendants caused plaintiff to suffer economic and non-economic damages. All of these are listed there here, emotional pain and suffering. It also mentions attorney's fees and costs. Damages amounts will be proved at trial. Second cause of action, retaliation in violation of the Washington law against discrimination. Down here at the bottom, let's see, it says the illegal acts, it says defendants retaliated against plaintiff because she complained about discrimination, okay? The illegal acts committed by defendants caused plaintiff to suffer economic and non-economic damages. Again, that's all listed there. And it says damages amounts will be proved at trial. Third cause of action, wrongful termination in violation of public policy. Again, at 7.2, defendants discharged plaintiff in retaliation for opposing discrimination. Defendants discharged plaintiff in retaliation for opposing wage and hour violations. Defendants discharged plaintiff in retaliation for opposing workplace safety and health violations. It says there was no overriding justification for plaintiff's termination. The illegal acts, again, caused her to suffer economic and non-economic damages. 
damages will be proved at trial. At failure to pay wages is the fourth cause of action here. Um, let's see. 8.2, defendant's policies and practices of requiring plaintiff to rest, to work through rest breaks and meal breaks, deprive plaintiff of pay for all regular and overtime hours in violation of Washington law, for which plaintiff is entitled to compensatory damages, pre-judgment interest, and reasonable attorney's fees and costs. Okay, right about now, if I'm the attorney that's reading this, I'm just like, let's just go ahead and settle this. Fifth cause of action, retaliation in violation of another law here. Again, uh, let's see, defendants retaliated against plaintiff for exercising her right to be paid for all of the hours that she worked. Sixth cause of action, willful withholding of wages in violation of the law. Again, defendant's conduct in failing to provide compensation for all the hours worked was willful. As a result, she's entitled to damages. Seventh cause of action. I and I, I okay, we're on page 14, so I don't know how many more causes of action we're going to come through, but I, they're listing every single one. Defendants failed to provide reasonable and unobstructed access to bathroom and toilet facilities in violation of the Department of Labor and Industries Division of Occupational Safety and Health. Eighth cause of action failure, and I'm looking at nine. Failure to provide safe area to eat and rest. This is 11.2. Defendant failed to provide a place free from chemicals for the plaintiff to rest in, the, in violation of the law. And again, this was willful. Because yeah, remember, uh, they're like eating in the laundry room or something like that. Ninth cause of action. Failure to display. Remember, I talked about that. These posters. Failure to display workplace posters regarding employee rights as a worker. So here's a prayer for relief. We get there. We get there. Uh, let's see. A, damages for back pay and benefits lost and for future pay and benefits lost. Because remember, they terminated her because she was, quote, unhappy. Damages, double damages for willful withholding of wages, actual damages, statutory damages, liquidor, liquidated damages, damages for loss of enjoyment of life, pain and suffering, pain and suffering, mental anguish, emotional distress, and humiliation, punitive damages, pre- and post-judgment interest in an amount to be proven at trial, Com compensation as tax relief associated with any recovery on claims herein, reasonable attorney's fees and costs, injunctive relief, and whatever further and additional relief this court shall deem just and equitable. Well, there you have it. Jeff Bezos, his housekeeper, is alleging that she was discriminated against, she was retaliated against, and she had to climb out a window to go to the bathroom. There was no place to eat, no place to rest, and they weren't even really given time to eat and rest. That's it. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and peace. Mwah.